A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. Jen, something happened to me this week, okay. But given given my age, I, I I shouldn't have been surprised by, but I was. Okay, okay. Please tell me. I injured myself while having sex, <laughs> and not like tricky sex, <laughs> not like gymnastic sex, just like straight up sex. Okay. Would you Would you care to expand? <laughs> I don't know. I had sex, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't bend my leg. <laughs> It was really weird. Was it like a Charlie horse? Is that is that what we're talking about? It might have been a Charlie horse. It might have been my first Charlie horse. That okay. seems to have some, yeah. Are you getting enough? Are you getting enough potassium? Possibly not. It could be as easy as that, but continue, please. No, it was amazing. just the, indig- the indignity of it. That's all. <laughs> just the indignity of it. <laughs> I mean, I have not had a sex injury in in quite some time um, in my in my twenty year marital sex. At this point, I don't think we're we're not in injury zone. But well, um, I'm not in injury zone. But I injured myself. That's the thing. Okay. All right. All right. Um, well, and I you? don't know where to go. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I don't know if that was the right way to start this whole episode. It's okay. We we did it. So now now here we are. Okay. Allow me. It's not like I'm embarrassed. I'm more like I want to know more, but I'm also like, but maybe I don't want to ask questions. But I'm like, whoa. Okay. So yes, I am. Um, I'm good. I think I've been having a thing, and I think a lot of people are going through this. I am watching a lot of my friends really struggling at this moment. I think everybody's having this like very strange pandemic hangover. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, Joe Biden just announced that it's over and whatever, maybe it's over. I don't care. Um, People are getting boosters for Omicron, but I'm seeing like a lot of people really crashing, like Hmm. real, just like mental collapse. It's like we were holding it all in for so long and it's like, 
Yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of that. Um, and you know, other than that, I'm still, it's like me against the, um, the hot flashes, you know, the war, the war continues. I'm mm. on a new herb now because my, I went to an acupuncturist last week and she was like, is this so boring? Your sex story. I don't, I can't top it. Like I can't, <laughs> I know I threw everything like, off. I can't, it's sorry. fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But I'm like, I can't, top, I know we're I digging out. Se- we're, I can't top a sex story. I'll, I'll try. I, I mean, <laughs> I know it was a story I'm that was better suited. <laughs> No, it was a better suited story for maybe later in the episode. No, but I'm glad. I'm glad you did it because now I'm I'm going to recover. I'm going to have to be extra on. I um I went to see. I'm just going to talk about perimenopause again. I went <laughs> to see the acupuncturist last week, and she was like, "Have you been really stressed?" And I said, "Yes, I'm always really stressed. I'm a fucking stress case. I'm you know I'm in stress collapse. I'm in the stress dome instead of the heat dome." And she was like, "Oh well, cortisol." cortisol is released in a really funky way because cortisol is a hormone and during perimenopause it's a very it it becomes very strange in your body there's a much more technical term for that so she said um i'm going to give you this herb that tastes disgusting i've never tasted anything worse but it's it's helping me not have hot flashes at night and i'm not a doctor again but it's called shisandra and if anybody's out there going to an acupuncturist and getting herbs or anything, it's really helping me sleep through the night. I haven't had any hot flashes at night, which feels like a fucking miracle. At least this week in the science experiment, um, one point for me. So. All right. All well, right. that's, that's, that's an important win. It's an important win. It's an important win. Um, what else is going on besides sex injuries? Besides sex injuries. <laughs> um, well, here's a funny thing Tell me. that I found out. My therapist has started listening to the podcast. Come the fuck on! My therapist, who I adore, though, you know, who I, who I really like, has started listening to the podcast. Okay, I thought we were just doing a normal podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> you just have the hits. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, how did that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I, I noticed on the podcast you mentioned that you want to start exercising. Should we talk about that, Kim? Should we, like, make a plan for you to do that? You know, she's a behavioralist, so it's all very, like, you know. I don't know how to deal with this information, and if I were you, I would have zero idea how to, like, my mother every once in a while sends me a text, like, loved Val Monroe, and I'm like, yay, mom. (laughs) Like, I know there are people who listen to this podcast that I just don't think about listening to it. Like, anybody could be listening to it, right? Yep. But your fucking therapist? My therapist. My therapist. And I think she's, you know, in fairness, I think she's listening. So she has a broader sense of what, you know, she's a lady over 40, but I think she's really listening to, you know, for some insight into me. Is that awful to say? But I just decided I have to just, I have to proceed as though she doesn't listen the same way. Like we just, you know, we proceed assuming that like, 20 people listen to this podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Wow, though. Wow. Like, now I want to fuck off the whole thing. Now I know. I'm like, like, now, now I'm I like, can, oh, like... can we? I don't, what's her name? Her name is Julie. Julie. Now I just want to be like, oh, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> like, now I want to like send weird vibes into Julie. No offense, Julie, but now like my mischievous side is coming out. Uh, well, I mean, 
that's a lot of information. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Patrick, my therapist, does not, but he is a he is a fifty year old gay man, and I don't think he has a lot of um, not not a lot of not a lot of interest in my um, my perimenopausal um, parts. Um, speaking of, uh, of of gay men in our lives, an everything is fine listener sent me the most touching, thoughtful email to our email account um, because I've been describing this friendship that I've been really struggling to let go of and you know and it's 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 with a it's with a man and it is with a gay man. And as this listener very rightly intuited, this was basically my gay husband for 30 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And she wrote me this email and sometimes like a stranger just bounces in with some insight. It was, it was so amazing. She said, you know, that relationship sounds like that person was really controlling and that that was a really, that maybe you weren't getting out of that relationship, what you needed. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I hadn't really ever thought of it. I'd, I'd been so focused on how bad I thought I was. I hadn't really focused on that the relationship actually had made me feel bad for a really long time. And at the very end, I acted out quite a bit because I'd been holding in all of these feelings for so long of someone constantly being like, your hair, eh, are you going to wear that? I don't like mm-hmm. this boyfriend. Years and years and years. And it was complicated by the fact that this was a, a man in my life. And even though it wasn't a romantic relationship, it had a different kind of intimacy and you know we live in the the patriarchy and it was a very astute comment and it was a really kind letter and i just wanted to thank that listener if you're listening thank you so much for sending me that because it really helped me reframe something i had been struggling with for like 4 years that's amazing you never know where it's going to come from you really you really don't you know i had i am also broken up with my gay husband like a long time gay husband you know mm-hmm. from like college Um, and I wonder if there's something about that relationship, you know, that, that can be very combustible. Well, it's funny because I mean, there's a whole Eve Babbitt's book about this, about like the kind of like insidiousness, the kind of abuse that can happen when you're in a relationship, when you're in a very tight, emotionally intimate relationship with a Mm -hmm. gay man, if you're a, a straight woman. And in some ways, it's like none of the benefits of the sex and like mm-hmm. a lot of the not great things. I mean, this is not always the case. Some of these relationships are wonderful. I mean, look at the, this is a fictional relationship, but I always looked at the better things. Um, Pamela Adlon's yeah. relationship with her, yeah, her like, best oh, friend. Yeah. I wish that I had had that, you know? Yeah. But I had somebody who was like sort of at every turn, you know, being like, you realize you have a mustache, right? I mean, also like a friend, but wanting me to be an idea that he had of me. That was not really who I was. And I wanted to live up to that too. Yeah. I wanted to be fabulous. I wanted to be the girl that he thought I was, but I, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of dirty. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really care about my hair. Like I'm kind of like a slob. And yeah. that was in, and in that particular relationship, it was really, it was really hard because you see, and this happens in all kinds of relationships. A person has a vision for who you are and thinks they can better you Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, what is a real friendship, which is just full acceptance. Like we, we got on today and I was like, 
I delight in you so much. You said something so stupid. And I was like, I am <laughs> delighted by you at every turn. And that's like Aww. friendship, you know, I'm delighted yeah. by who you really are. Yeah. And, you know, I think some of it is just the years, the years go by and you have, and you just have a lot of wear on your tires with certain people. So having that kind of delight in a friendship, you know, can be hard sustaining that kind of delight in a friendship. And our closest friendships, you know, are often where we exhibit our not best behavior. Oh, a hundred percent, especially like the really old ones. And, you know, we can also be complicit in these situations by wanting to be perform performative, by wanting mm -hmm. to be this other thing, by even presenting sometimes as a thing that we are not, you know, like, yeah. oh, I, you know, like I, I mean, more now than ever, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm terrible at texting. I'm so sorry. I have a little bit of a scatterbrain. I might not get back to you, but it's not because I'm not thinking about you. You know, mm -hmm. or I'm really trying to own my shit and I'm really trying to negotiate with people very fairly in relationships with everybody in my life. I'm trying to show up appropriately, own my shit, accept where compromise needs to happen, set boundaries, all of those things that you just don't learn until, I mean, I guess some people do, but I didn't learn until like last year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Friendships, friendships, you know, I'm, I'm having, I was thinking about this, this, my gay husband, because, um, what finally happened with him, because I felt like he was being very critical of me and not kind. Right. And, um, this was during a period when I was exceedingly depressed. And even though I have never been suicidal, I was having a lot of suicidal ideation. And so he was kind of pissy to me. And I wrote him an email that kind of said, I don't even know, like, do you even like me? And he never wrote back. And that was the end of the friendship. And recently I started thinking, maybe I was too hard on him. Maybe I, maybe I really, you know, m moved in, a, in the wrong way there. So I reread the email, which thanks to Gmail was still there. Yeah. I forgot that the other thing that had happened is that I had shared with him that I was having suicidal thoughts and he told me to tell it to a doctor. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Come on. Come he on. He told me to tell it to a doctor. I mean, that's just not showing up. And you know what I'm tired of? I think, and I, I suspect, I'm sorry that happened to you, first of all. But I also suspect something else, which is something that I've lived through, lived with my whole life, which is I'm a handful, right? I'm such a handful. I'm so difficult. I'm so impossible to know. And I internalize those things because, you know, I am a hyper emotional person. I'm not needy per se, but I'm, I, I run hot. I, I just, I'm, I'm big, you know, emotionally. And so because I'm a handful, quote, I think that I just expected people didn't have to show up for me because I thought I was so impossible to you know. too much, yeah. I was too much. And then it's like, fuck off, man. That's not really what a relationship is. Like, that's not your real friend. No, it's not. And the other thing is, like, I will say when we first met, like, if someone had used the words loose cannon to describe <laughs> you, I might not have disagreed. But you're not a loose cannon now. No, I'm You're not. really not. You own your shit so entirely. 
I mean, you always kind of owned your shit, but you, you, you're, you're not the person that you were any more than I'm the person who I was 20 years ago. No, no. I mean, it's, it's shocking that we knew each other back then. It's shocking. It's shocking to me that we didn't like murder each other when I was at Lucky. It's actually <laughs> shocking. And I think if we had not had the boundary of boss employee, that relationship would have been a disaster. But because we had that very strict boundary, we were we were able to know each other. The the very strict boundary that I overstepped constantly, <laughs> as you will all read about in Jennifer Romolini's awesome book, <laughs> Ambition Monster. 2024. Um, <laughs> 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 no, but it is interesting, right? Because that probably kept, uh, that probably protected us from each other. And now we can know each other because the spark of friendship was there. And I guess in a way, not all friendships have that kind of a thing where there's just a natural protection and a natural boundary. And so some of them got damaged beyond repair. I mean, our friendship, even though we've known each other for a while, I still think of as a new friendship. Yeah. You know, I still think of it as a newish friendship, but with somebody I have history with. Because we were out of, you know, our listeners may not know this, but we were out of touch for many, many, many years. I didn't even know when you moved to L.A. Oh, wow. That's right. Well, then, because I had the baby and I went into like the baby hole. The baby yeah. hole is so real. No, I don't blame you for that. It was just, I'm just using that as an illustration of how out of touch with each other we were. Well, I think that we had to, and now we're having this conversation, but I think that because you had been my boss... I had a whole idea of you speaking of ideas and pictures of people. Like I thought I knew who you were, but you were my boss and you were performing an identity all the time there. So I was confused about who you were and I was really intimidated by you. And I was also really afraid of what you thought of me. I was afraid of you really knowing who I was. And I thought that if you knew who I really was, you wouldn't like me. And so I never wanted to show you too much of myself. Like I liked knowing you, but I was afraid that if you knew who I really was, then you wouldn't like me. And so I just didn't show you very much. Like I would, before we would ever become friends, I would pull back. I would be like, oh, I can't show up for this if I'm not at my best because I don't want her mm -hmm. to see me at less than my best. And, you and know. You realized I was a mess and that it was fine. Yeah, totally. Well, short. yeah, no. I mean, we just we just worked it out. We always liked each other, but we just we just kindled a new thing, which is a nice thing. We got lucky. We got lucky. And I will say it was like that was a, a, a direct um, result of COVID. It was. It was. A direct result of COVID and you coming on the podcast. Yep. 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 Well, because it turned out we were perfect COVID friends. <laughs> it turned out that it just took having to see you through a screen for me to start to get comfortable with you knowing me. And then, you know, and then of course I wanted to know you. I mean, we saw each other. Like I remember there was when I came, when I came to New York for my first book tour, Mm -hmm. I remember go coming to your apartment. I remember us going out and getting wine in the afternoon. And I remember smoking and smoking cigarettes. Oh my God. That's right. We yeah. I remember. Cigarettes. And us having like a very intense time the way you have with somebody you want to know, like a very, you know, like a very like, oh my God, well, I'm talking and now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that reminds me of a funny story about my mother. You <laughs> know, my mother is my mother is less now that she's a little older, but she's but she's been a pretty dedicated pothead mm-hmm. for much of her life. And she was talking to my sister-in-law once. They were having a conversation. My mom was obviously very high, and she said, "This is really nice." I say something, then you say something, then I say something, then you say something. <laughs> love that see this is why weed which i'm currently not on is a fantastic drug because that that the joy of that the sim- she probably <laughs> having that revelation probably brought her so much joy in the moment you know i think so she was really like they were just like she said something then she said something it was really nice because the way pot makes you dumb is all can be really nice sometimes to just be like oh let me just minimize everything down to just what's right in front of me yeah but it's been making me paranoid i think that's whatever whatever stage i'm in with my hormones the cortisol like i've been having panic attacks in the middle of the night which is like so intense and whatever's going on with cortisol is actually also affecting my enjoyment of weed which i can't believe it i mean i've been a pothead since i was 18 at least that i'm paranoid like I'm now yeah. one of those people who's like, oh, it just makes me paranoid. I hated those people my whole life. I was like, why can't you just chill? <laughs> like, and now I'm a little bit of that person. See, I thought that the, I mean, if you're having a biological reaction to it, you are. But I always thought that the paranoia was something that they had kind of bred out of marijuana. No, I mean, I, I tried a little bit the other night. I took like two hits of a joint and I, I, I decided that I had uh, jaw cancer. So, I mean, oh I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not right. Like, Herpes of the knee. Oh, I know I, you yes. can really freak yourself out. Totally. A hundred percent. And like, if you're, if you're in, if you're tweaked, which I am right now, if you're tweaked at all, it's like, sometimes you just can't add another thing. I'm no, just it's tweaked. True. Um, I have been thinking a lot about speaking of the podcast and us, I've been thinking a lot about just how grateful I am for it because the other day I was just like in whatever state I am of being a 49 year old woman. And I realized that there's no place I put it out in the world. I don't really put it on Instagram. I don't put it on Twitter. I don't really write about it. This is the only place I talk about it besides with my friends, like over text, but like, I'm so grateful that we have a platform to talk about this because it doesn't feel appropriate anywhere else. No, if that writing makes about sense. it feels, no, 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 no. It's true. Talking about these things and talking about them, not just in a monologue, but with in concert with another person helps make sense of things. Yes. Yes. That's how it feels to me. And I was just feeling so grateful about it because like, you know, because it's also it's not just the physical things it's the it's the dip it's the the you the you curve of life and like if you read any books about midlife for men or for women there's a you we are at the bottom of the you and this is like dispatches from the dip <laughs> let's take a quick break from some ads hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once-daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. Speaking of that, I've been thinking a lot about mortality. Yeah, tell Have me. Have I talked about this? Did I talk about this? You, you've been touching on it, but I feel like what you really want is to talk about it. Like you've been touching on it. I like, I realize. I mean, because the other day you asked me, what do you want, where do you want to be in 30 years? And I was like, alive. Yes, and somebody asked that, us that. That was a listener question. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that got me thinking about the fact that I will be very happy if I get another 30 years. Yes. You know, and the last 30 years went so fucking fast. And I know that the next 30 years, if I get all 30 of them, will go even faster. Yes. And the realization of this kind of makes me sick. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the this is the terror that we have to fight every day. This is why everything happens. This is why this is why we buy everything. This is what capital like this is everything because this is this is it right here, right? This is it. This is the whole thing. And, you know, for so many years, I was suffering from such serious depression that it didn't, you know, I used to think to myself, life isn't short. Life is taking forever. Right. 
Right. Like that's the kind of not especially healthy place I was inhabiting for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So having life kind of turn itself around, having my depression, thank God, be really, you know, in remission these days or whatever you say. Yeah. Um, has been a gift. It's been wonderful. But at the same time, it's made me realize how many years I lost to that depression, you know, and how hard, like it intimidates me to think about making up for that time because there's no making up for that time. No, I mean, this gets into the, the real work and the real practice, which is this is it. This is the moment. This is all you have. And what yeah. are you going to do about it? Are you going to, are you going to, you know, have a panic attack about your taxes or are you going to, you know, look over at the person in the room and, you know, go get an ice cream. Right. You know, it's like, this is it. And that once you start to realize that at this age, that informs or should inform all of your decisions. Yeah. Is this serving me? Is this friendship serving me? Am I, you know, am I, am I do where am I doing work that is fulfilling to me or, you know, how can I minimize the role of work if it's not fulfilling for me so that I, mm -hmm. so that I can have more time that I'm living. I, I've been thinking about this so much because I've been working seven days a week and I feel so, even though I know this is a temporary situation, these big projects that I'm pushing through are going to be done at, you know, November end of year. Like this is, this is temporary and there's a goal attached to it. And it's important to me. And I've aligned this with my values. And like, I know, but still that sense of mortality when I am working seven days a week and not, that means I am not living. I am not present. Yeah. I am just in a hole. And I'm increasingly just fucking unwilling to be there. Yeah. This might be my last push like this, to be perfectly honest, because it makes me sad. Well, I think that if it was your last push, though, Jen, I think it would bring you some relief. Because I think that you're like, that your ambition is, as, as, as your book bears out, so related to trauma for you. And that there's a kind of, you know, you might not feel a certain satisfaction that I think you feel really acutely when you do something well, but that the yeah. peace might be more important. The peace. And what does that look like? What does the peace look like? Does it look like getting a job that's like consistent and reliable and maybe, you know, not very cool who gives a shit, but that brings me peace and that I can right size I, so I yeah. can right size work again, because let's face it, like very few people in the creative class, which is a privilege in itself to be in the creative class, but very few people in the creative class are not struggling. It is so difficult to be chasing and be at other people's mercy and their schedules and contracts and just put, like once you're making art and commerce meet, you're kind of fucked. And like, I'm pretty good at it. Like I have a good business sense. I'm a pretty good business person in terms of like getting the, getting an appropriate rate for myself and all of that. But like, you know, I was thinking about Amy Rigby and like 
her struggles. Like at a certain point, yeah, I was point, just thinking of it. You know, too. you want to just do you want to just have the job that's just like okay, it's just the job. I go in, I do it, I dial out. I don't know if that mm-hmm. job exists anymore. I don't know if that's a job of the past. Like I'm somehow thinking of the phone company, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> like like operators the operators yeah, exactly. sticking the little I'm like, plug like things in the wall like literally just give me the operator sticking the plug in the wall let me do that for six seven hours a day and then come home you know six seven hours with a nice lunch break that i could read a book you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like well you know when people get sober um sometimes they take something called a sober job which is like, you know, maybe they're like a vice president of a bank or something, but it's right. a, a job that's sort of more humble or just something that really allows you to get back to yourself a little bit mm-hmm. and, and, and not have as complicated a relationship to work as so many of us have. Yeah. No, I was thinking about Ray Hans becoming a gardener, like really becoming mm-hmm. like, not like a, you know, a, a bougie, like, oh, my rhododendrons, like being a mulcher, like really going yeah. in as a landscaper, a laborer. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about that a lot. Um, because there's so many things that go on too, like where you are creatively, what you're able to output, how your relevance in the culture. I mean, all these, these, these threads that I bring up all the time that I'm starting to tie together and, and what you know, that I'm starting to tie together and we'll create the map probably for the next decade of my life, you Mm -hmm. know, because so many people and people write to us all the time. Well, what if I never got to do this project? And what if, and like, that's real, that feeling of like, oh my God, I, I didn't do the thing that I wanted. Yeah. What's also real is getting to do the thing you wanted and being like, fuck man, (laughs) this This sucks. This sucks. I mean, that is exactly what I was just thinking when you were saying, you know, I've said before that I don't think I would have been happy achieving something if I hadn't achieved something on the level of lucky. Right. I don't think I would have been satisfied. Um, But God, I've been thinking so much about something else you said to me last week. Yes. Um, Not on the podcast, but, and you said it in the the context of a compliment. Mm -hmm. Um, You said, you know, you, you took your toys and went home. Ball. Yes. You took your ball and went I home. I said lots of people, lots of people should have taken their ball and gone home. I said, but you, you know, basically what I was saying was that you were much more worthwhile than all these other fuckers out in the, the world who didn't take their ball and go home. That was the, that was the compliment. Yes, which was a very, very nice compliment, but I've been thinking about it so much and thinking about the fact that I, you know, I was in retreat after yeah. that job. I absolutely was. And you know, work doesn't satisfy me the way every day, you know, the way it did in the past, you right. know, that level of satisfaction, but the, the, the peace is so much greater and I'm, and I'm very fortunate and I, you know, saving money from that job was a real privilege so that I could live this way now. Um, but I just, I don't know. I was like, God, is that how I want to think about myself as somebody who took her ball and went home? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's also give a little more context because what I was trying to help you sort out was you're itching for some more professional satisfaction. It seems like to me, right? Yes. So you're itching if you were not itching, I would, I would have never, I would have never sort of walked, tried to walk you through that, that path of that conversation that we were having. 
Because what I was saying to you and what I followed up with on that was, I'm not talking about conventional success, what looks good to the outside world. I'm saying, and what I said to you was, you took your ball and went home. And then I said, but there are different fields. And I try, was trying to help you find what's the field you want to play on now. Yeah. And that can look like, you know, I mean, you know, within reason, whatever you want. Yeah. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling more encouraged about it than I was this time last week, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I kind of have a plan, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the beginning of a plan. Right. Um, no, I didn't think of it as an insult at all. I thought it was a lovely compliment and, and, but it just stuck in my head, yeah. you know, because yeah. I thought, you know, and whenever you compare me favorably to scammers and losers, I always think it's you know, <laughs> kind of good. I always, well, I always do. Cause I know I, here's the thing. A lot of people pretend to be things. They have big resumes, they have, you know, projects. And you don't know until you're actually working with somebody what they really are. You have no, no idea. You have no idea. And in fact, somebody I worked with once, I think at L, said they wanted to, you know how there was going to be a label on genetically modified fruit? Yes, yes. They were like, I want a label that goes at the end of every article that indicates that it was edited a great deal. <laughs> so you could know. Yes. And I would like that on everything, but we can't right-size things. Like, I knew coming into this pro this podcast with you, I know how you work. I know what your standards are. I, I know your weaknesses. I know your strengths. I know you really well as a worker, right? I just know that who you are in that, in that capacity. Mm -hmm. um, that is an impossible thing. It's just impossible because... People don't admit what they don't know. They overstate their experience. They often don't know what they don't know. They don't have your same standards. It's so difficult in any kind of creative collaboration or you know, going in and creating something for somebody else. It's so difficult to know those things. They're almost impossible to quantify. So you can't mitigate the extra stress you're going to have because you can't go in and be like, so by the way, my standards are really fucking high because that makes you sound like an asshole. But no, that's a, that's a complicated thing. Right. And so this is complicated for us when we go to look for jobs, because also we think like the place with the biggest name is going to be great and you get inside it and it sucks. Oh no. I learned that lesson. Someone once said to me, do not write for magazines, write for editors. Right. Because you get because you would get this fantasy. We all know that like the greatest places that you really wanted your byline in were the sh shittiest to work in. Um. Anyway, everything's fucked up. Uh, what have you been watching? Because I've been watching some things. Tell me what you've been watching. Because all I've been watching is the rest of the season of Abbott Elementary and the ending of the split. Okay. I have been um, watching. But, 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 but I have to ask you a question. Yes. Does this thing ever happen to you? Because I was watching the end of the split and I was watching it for so long. You know, I was having a big marathon. And then the TV asks you if you're still watching. Yes. And I'm like, fuck you. Yes, I'm still watching. You think I'm pathetic? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It is a, it is a, <laughs> it's a 
I'm I always still like, here. I'm always like, well, I don't feel like that. I feel like it's like they're it's shaming you that you've watched too many. I feel no, like that's it's what like, I yes, mean. yes, yes. That's yes, what I mean. Yes. Like, oh my God. Yes, I am. I am still here lying on the sofa. Yeah, no, I, I hate when that happens. But also it is an indication to me that I'm like, oh, I've watched like eight shows in a row. I'm just stop. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go take my eyeballs need a break. Anyway, um, tell me what you've been watching. So Atlanta's back. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, love Atlanta. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but The Hands, Handmaid's Tale is back, which I'm I'm like, oh, do I want to? Do I not? But I'm a completionist. I'm going to watch it. But the best thing I watched this week, do you know Kate Berlant? Yes. Okay. So Kate Berlant is an amazingly funny and weird and neurotic comedian and just really experimental and cool. And sometimes one of the coolest things about being in LA is that sometimes comedians here, and I don't know if they do this in New York as much, but- There are a couple of small theaters here that happen to be right by where I live where comedians will really work out a set and you can Mm -hmm. go in for like $10 and like they're working out whatever show they're going to do. They do it with one, one person shows, you know, some sort of art projects, whatever. But Kate Berlant was working out what is now in New York. Uh, It's a show called Kate and it's really funny. And I got to see her working it out here. I went one, like I went literally one night at like five o'clock. It was just like Mm -hmm. a pop-up and it was like, 15 bucks or something. She's so cool. And we talk about this a lot, like how hard it is to just be original, to just be doing a thing that nobody else is actually mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. And this, there, her, she's a new comedy special or, or she recorded a couple of years ago, but it's, um, it was, uh, produced by Bo Burnham mm-hmm. and also the guy who did Gerard Carmichael, who did Rathaniel, which I also really liked a lot. And it is, um, I forget what it's called. like cinnamon, in the wind or something it's on hulu it's so weird and great and interesting and it really feels like you're seeing like you're seeing one of those moments in somebody's career where they're just at the top of their game like they've just like hit something maybe it's Mm -hmm. not the top of the game maybe it's when it's their breakout you know right right but she's anyway just I, I would totally see that so that's I've been I watched that which I really really liked um yeah I just saw an article about her in the Guardian um yeah and she had a um she had a like one of those like on the cut like shit I'm buying now and I mm-hmm. wanted to buy everything that she's buying now except where do you fall on chunky square toe boots I think it's 90s in a way that shouldn't come back I, I don't I don't like a square toe. I don't like a square toe. Not on a woman, not on a man, not on anybody. Me neither. And I know that like in fashion there are square toes now. But I can't and I used to always think when I was younger and I'd hear women go, nah, 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 I'm not gonna wear a peace sign because I was in the sixties. Right, right, right. You know? Right. But now I'm that way. Like I'm not gonna wear square toe boots. I fucking wore square toe boots and looked like a fool. The well, only in right the sign. The only exception I will make is like fry harness boots. Okay, fine. But that's like a, that's a tight in very square at the very front. Like at least it Mm -hmm. narrows before it gets square, right? Fine. Like a little bit. I think these black chunky square toe boots is so Frankenstein-y. I also did it. I also was like, why am I doing this at the time? Mm -hmm. And they're so back and I'll make the exception. I actually think like a Prada square toe sandal can be very chic. Like I think like an open toe, I think it's when the square toe is closed 
is the mm -hmm. problem. I just think, especially if it's got a platform. Anyway, I saw that this week and I was, I felt sad. That and cargo pants. Cargo pants I can live with. I can live with cargo pants being bad. The big ones? Mm. 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 Anyway. You know, we should do a Patreon episode of all my bad fix-ups. Like I was once fixed up by some friends. They like there. It's always like a dinner party. We'll throw a dinner party. We'll invite him. We'll invite you. <laughs> like it's not obvious, right? <laughs> and and yeah, exactly. And I I arrived at one of these dinner parties and just looked straight down. And this, I'm such a bitch. The guy was wearing like wine colored square toed Stop. shoes. Stop. Stop. I'm sorry. You know what it is? There's nothing wrong with it. It just indicates a choice. And it indicates in making that <laughs> choice, it indicates a compatibility issue or an incompatibility issue aesthetically. Not a good sign. I couldn't, I really, I, it was, I, I, I looked at his shoes before his face and rejected him. Oh my God. We are bitches. Like this is, this is why we can't have nice things. Like this is why. No, it's true. <laughs> this is why. Oh, but if people knew, it's so hard. It's very hard to be a divorced single woman. To, to have been a divorced single woman in my 40s while I had a job that was too high profile for me to go online and try to date that way. Right, right. Was just impossible. Right, Was right. just impossible. No, that seems horrible. Um, the other thing I've been doing, because I can't read anything because reading is like a trigger for me. Like my therapist was like, no phone at night, read a book, whatever. He doesn't sound like mm -hmm. that, but that's what it felt like. Um, and I was like, I can't read because reading reminds me of writing and I just can't, books remind me of writing and all I'm doing is writing and it's too much. I've been reading graphic novels. Oh, that's great. You know, it's so funny because I was just reading the obituary of Diane Newman, mm -hmm. who was, um, she with Aileen Kaminsky Crum, um, who's another cartoonist and also um, R. Crum's wife, yes. started something called Twisted Sisters, which was a cartoon publishing company, or it was a couple of anthologies. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not getting mm -hmm. the details exactly right. But I, I read a lot of, I had a boyfriend in the 90s who was really into comics and it kind of got me into comics. And there's nothing like a good graphic novel. I really like, I'm reading one right now. I'm going to look her up. I'm reading right, one right now called Spaniel Rage. And mm -hmm. it is a, uh, it's a, it's a graphic novel by this woman, Vanessa Davis. And it's just her diary from, it's basically like her, her art diary in 2003. So mm -hmm. it's just little scenes every day of like, this happened to me. I was on the, she's like working in New York and she's a, she has some dumb job during the day. Um, and it's just, it's reminding me of 2003. Like all of the clothes are perfect. The hair is perfect. Her stories are amazing of just like being hot in the summer and like sitting in your underwear with takeout in front of your air conditioner, just like mm -hmm. a real escape, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm certainly like, I don't know enough about graphic novels. I pick things up here and there. Um, mm -hmm. But I would like to know more, particularly not, I don't care about, um, I don't, I don't care about men at all. Uh, but you but know. there are a lot of female cartoonists. I still have that Twisted Sisters anthology yeah. somewhere. There's this woman, Julie Doucette. I don't know if she still does things, but she was amazing. 
I mean, there's Alison, Alison Bechdel, Bechdel, right? Bechdel. She's like the one. If you know one, you know Alison Bechdel. There's a bunch of people. I would like to get more into female graphic novelists, uh, particularly ones of our age. I find it so interesting to like see to see their stories, to see our stories drawn. You know? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a whole. It's it's a different. I. It, it's a different way of expressing. And like you were saying before. Um, that we've been talking about that whole thing where somebody does something completely originally their own. Yes. Like Julie Doucette, I remember her, car- her, her cartoon, her was called dirty plot. Mm-hmm. And, um, which I think is a Montrealese for like dirty pussy. I'm okay. Not sure. Okay. Okay. But, um, the way she wrote about sex and men mm-hmm. and just like having a female body just yeah. felt completely new to me. And, you know, the, the marriage of images and words can be really powerful. Totally, totally. And so, somehow really that kind of storytelling, it can be so soothing. I mean, it's it's like, it's actually, you know what it is? Our friend Craig, remember Craig? Yes, you know Craig. Mm-hmm. So Craig used to be my husband Alex's editor. And every every morning Alex would see Craig at work reading the sports section. And Alex mm-hmm. was like, oh, I didn't know you were so into sports. And Craig was like, no, it's the only section of the paper where I can totally check out because right. none of my work has anything to do with this. So I can read the sports section and just feel totally calm and separate from it and enjoy it as a consumer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is, you know, like my friends who are in TV, they can't watch TV anymore. Like you just start, it, it, things get ruined for you. My no, friends no, no, in Paul- advertising, they can't look at ads. No, Paul always says, like, I don't hear songs, I hear drums, bass, guitar. Right, right. No, it makes sense. And so whatever sort of art form you're in, it's just like, ugh, because you see the mechanics, right? Yeah. Or you feel like, oh, I should be keeping up with this. I need to be doing this. And that's like a, another a, another way that I am not peaceful right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, where do you want to go next, Kim <laughs> I think it's that moment when we realized we made an episode. I think it is, which Kimberly Harrington, shout out. Thank you so much. She tweeted about this. Like, because we do look at the clock all of a sudden, we're like, oh, is this an episode? Sure. (laughs) But before we go, I just want to thank listeners for writing reviews. We're going to read a couple of reviews because we do that sometimes, right? Yep. For anyone not up to speed on this, we um, if you leave us a five-star review, we read it on the show. We have a couple of new ones. Okay. You go first. Okay. Love this duo. I grew up unlucky and am so happy to be reacquainted with reacquainted with Kim France. The dynamic between Kim and Jen is so natural and entertaining. Definitely two dream dinner party guests. I don't know. You've never really invited us to dinner. We're kind of a pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) I actually prefer the episodes where it's just the two of them gabbing over the ones with guests. Well, here you go. Thank you so much for writing this. It is by awe. Really nice. Okay, this one is from Stop Stealing Work. I've been listening for over, and it said this, like the sisters I, I wish I had. I've been listening for over a year, but the Sari Botten episode finally got me to rate and write. Thank you for talking about growing older with a mix of humor and realism. The lack of girl boss must be positive at all time energy is so refreshing. Sometimes I can't relate to Jen, Kim and Jennifer's experience. Never flew first class nor lived in New York, although I want to do both. 
but as someone who is approaching their 50s with a renewed sense of creative energy and engagement with the world, two things a boring day job and family commitments have made difficult the past 20 years. I can't imagine better guides to encourage me. Thanks for sharing your experience and being so honest about where you are at, good and bad. Really nice. Really nice. Thank you. All right. I'm going to read the next one. A bomb for the middle-aged soul. I do think that women of a certain age are realizing that life doesn't end in middle age. Amen. But after, they didn't say amen, I did. But after a lifetime of programming that only the young and beautiful matter, this podcast is so powerful. It helps articulate the crazy thoughts in my brain. Thank you, Jen and Kim, for your authenticity and honesty and for being hot and fabulous. Oh, I know that was so nice. (laughs) That was a bonus. Um, all right. One more. You want to do the last one? Okay. This is from Michigan Lake Girl. Love this podcast. Listening just now to the August 28th release and pulled over to write, please do not change one thing about this podcast. Do not make it more grown up or professional. It's perfect the way it is. The two of you having a conversation is the thing I love most. It's like road tripping with two of my best pals. Awesome. Thank you so much for writing these. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing them. And also, um, you know, we talked about this before, but we're not going to change the po- content of the podcast. We're just trying to get our shit together in other um, adjacent ways. We're trying to be professional the way we think other people are professional. <laughs> I don't, we don't even, the thing is, Kim, I don't even really know. So whenever I say it, it's like, it could be like a unicorn jumping around the screen. I, I have know, no but idea. The thing is, we have a growing podcast. Yes. Right. We have a podcast that people seem to respond to. Yes. And we want to grow that podcast. Yes. That's all. Yes. Yes. And we also like want when you type everything is fine into Google to come up. Anyway, if anybody also, if anybody has any suggestions for any of this shit without changing the content of the podcast, but the things that we're bad at, please, we also, we, I read messages across every platform. So if anyone has a suggestion, please, please write in. I'd love to hear it. (laughs) Me too. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it like we just talked about on all the platforms, particularly Apple Podcast. It really helps make people find the show. It makes a difference in our listenership. If you want to support the production of the show, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We do special bonus episodes there. We're going to do a little special story today. We also sometimes blog and we do live monthly events. We still need to schedule September's. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're at Everything is Fine EIF podcast on Instagram. We're at Everything is Fine on Facebook. We have a Twitter. We have a LinkedIn. You can find Kim on girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com backslash Jennifer Romolini. The show is mixed and produced by the wonderful, wonderful Natalie Rivera. Thank you, Natalie. We'll be back next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.